I've been waiting a long time for this moment to come. I'm destined for anything at all. Alright, hey, thanks everybody for joining us again. This is the Good, the Bad, and the Whatever podcast. Uh, we are Brandon, Kendall, and myself, Brian, and uh, we are basically going to share crappy opinions and stories that we found probably 10 minutes before we started this podcast. Absolutely. Just to share. So Three. <laughs> for three minutes. So we're, we're getting a little bit. Brandon normally is looking up online his next story So <laughs> while we're here. Well, the last set I was totally prepared. I mean, I had them a couple days ahead of time. This time I thought all weekend, I really need to get some stories together. Hmm, I'm driving over there. I should get some stories together. <laughs> I just like pulled in the parking lot. Now's right? the time I can get yeah, the stories. I'm walking up. Really I can do, do this. my homework. <laughs> yeah. and, and we do not in any way feel an obligation, as you can tell. So we're working quite well on this together. So, all right. So as typical, we have one story that is at least of kind of a good theme, uh, one that's a bad theme, and then one that's sort of a bit of a wild card. So... Kendall, you are going to start us off with a good story today. What you got? All right. So this one I kind of liked. It's a woman in Arlington, Virginia, collects donations all year long and then holds a community yard sale that funds random acts of kindness. And her latest sale, she raised $12,000. And so she funds like putting wreaths on the graves and cleaning up stuff and free meals. And I just thought that was really neat. But I also have a hard time imagining her like storage bunker because she just collects stuff all year long to have a big sale at one time. Is that like people go shopping like the day after Christmas for gifts for next year? Yeah, they probably. It's a Christmas tree for you know on January first or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, all year I get to look at this. <laughs> so one, I mean, at least thankfully there's proof that there are good people left. So that I guess is the part we'll. Well, first mentioned, but yeah, like the other part of the business side of me goes to like, now if she stocks up, how does she know what her market's going to demand in the future? But I, but if it's just yard sale stuff, then it's just yard sale, sale stuff. And it does seem that as fascinating as yard sales seem to be to people, that there is always a demand for just recycle. Like, you know, we talked last episode about the guy that found his painting 20 years ago. Like, what if you go to a yard sale and you see something you sold at a yard sale five years ago? Well, and... In the article, it was like she collects stuff from her neighbors. So then, like, you tossing out your own prom dress. Then six months later, Shelly's got it in her front yard trying to sell it for three bucks. Like, <laughs> but the neighbors are the ones shopping the yard sale. So, like, right. you're rebuying stuff you gave. So is it like regifting or? I, I don't know, but like regifting. But then somehow she ties in charity to it where it's all good. Right. That makes it much easier to buy stuff because when you go to a yard sale nine times out of ten, you're like, you do the drive by. It's like, eh, right. crap. Okay. <laughs> hey, I don't need any of that. So, OK, so play out the, the prom dress one. OK, so say mom and dad, you know, their daughter gets out of high school. Right. They have this prom dress. They don't know any. We'll just assume they don't have anybody to give it to. Mm-hmm. So they have this prom dress. They sell it at an auction or their yard sale. Sorry, auction, totally different thing. But they sell it at their yard sale, right? So then two years later, they go to, what's this lady's name again? It's Shelly. Shelly. I made that up. I didn't catch your name. (laughs) That was very convincing. So they go to Shelly's yard sale. Shelly's got this dress, we'll just say for three bucks. It's probably more than that. But has it out front for three bucks and all $3 is going to go to charity. Like, I don't think you own up to that being your dress because she's doing something good with it while you made money off of it. Like, I think you're just kind of looking at that dress because that looks an awful lot like right, Susie's fair. dress from like eight years ago. <laughs> and what if Susie comes by and goes, hey, 
hey, that's my prom dress. <laughs> What'd you think? We we're going to keep it forever? <laughs> She's like, how do you know that's yours? Because the zipper's broke in the back. <laughs> oh, see? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I don't know. If that's I'm not part of the yard sale circuit. Like I'm not either, really. But the article was like, it's a huge community event. So yeah. I'm like, maybe it's evolved past just her neighborhood to where like, you don't know you how know, many Saturdays. Sandy's not buying the same casserole dish every year yeah. <laughs> and then redonating it back every yeah. year. Every Saturday and Sunday, my parents liked antiques. So we'd go either yard sailing or go to antique stores. And just to let you know, as a kid torture <laughs> it's maybe the worst thing to go do for yeah, a kid I, I would be i i didn't have to do that thankfully but that sounds pretty miserable Mm-mm. yeah they loved and then we'd go like to their friend's house they lived in oregon so we'd drive they'd always buy something and we'd i remember one year driving back with a barber chair in the back <laughs> of a truck and you know this we had a shell on it but there's <laughs> for a thousand oh, that's miles so wrong <laughs> so okay so may- maybe asking a question about yard sales so clearly there's a generation of people that like it can't be amazon like you have to pull up into their front lawn to see the goods right yes but what happens to yard sales like after that generation kind of gets out of the yard sale business like is this going to go down the amazon path where you could go online see what's at a yard sale boom you hit a button and somebody picks it up ships it and delivers it to your doorstep I'd love to see if that's the I case. I don't know if there are sales. places like that kind of already, like Mercari and Poshmark, where it's like you're just offloading. I don't know. Stuff there's from something about a yard sale, though. We, I feel like I we're having that conversation. Like, what if there was the social media site where you could post pictures of your family and stuff and share it with people? Like, what if somebody <laughs> created that? <laughs> like, uh, I feel like I'm so far behind. Like, what innovation has happened in yard sales since I've been alive? Like, but that's I feel what I like know. yard sales are making a comeback. Like, all of a sudden, Every girl my age, and I'm in my 30s, is, like, on the hunt for, like, baby clothes at yard sales. And, like, we're now the yard sale generation, so I don't see them going away anytime yeah, soon. I don't know, plan on participating, but I do know girls strong, who do it. And you it. can always get way cheap. I mean, we used to have them just to clear stuff out. We'd Every year we'd have a yard sale, and we would put tons of and you know what i would always like man who goes by his clothes at a yard sale right oh no i know they're a big thing but we would put clothes out like baby clothes and just whatever you could and it was to move it i mean some people have yard sales and they want ridiculous prices for everything it was like 10 items for a dollar right like literally just <laughs> so, take this okay, bag okay. i never want to see it again but, but i i want to ask the question then because like I want to know the economics on this because if you see to me sitting out like miserably at a table, well, you have to start at like hours, four in the morning yeah, for six or seven hours to make two hundred and twenty-five dollars. Like to me, uh-uh, there is no way you could tell me it's worth it. Now wait, now, but what is more worth it to me is I just throw it all in a bin, run it all down to Goodwill, get them to sign a sheet of paper, take it back to my accountant, and say, "Boom, donation," and I get a tax break on it. I want to know, are you making more money than you can get on a tax break if you donate it? I didn't, we didn't do it for money. A lot of times because I had a rule with furniture. I never sold furniture. I would take it and whatever our new stuff is would go in the house. The old stuff would go to the curb and somebody could pick it up. Mm -hmm. See, my mom is the queen of like just running into a ditch to pick up a chair. 
Yeah, we would just, I would put it. <laughs> we never did when the I, yard sale circuit, but we got a bunch of free stuff off the side of the road. Yeah, because when I well, was open, when I first got my house, we had, oh, let's say negative income to own the house and then to try to furnish it. I mean, I literally had a box with a board over the top of it. That was an end table. <laughs> I, and, and I know the, the they call it trash picking, but that's a sport too. That's kind of like the guy's mm-hmm. version of yard sales. Like what, like mechanical equipment could you find on the side of the road that you could piece together and somehow make like a go-kart out of it? Or I, I don't know, whatever it is. But I still would really like to know, like, I know you're saying it's not about the money, but if you're going to spend like eight hours of your day selling clothes, like my point is good. And I'm not saying one's better than the other, but Goodwill serves up because they're going to get the clothes of the people that need it too. Or not any of the places. Will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. Any Salvation of Army. Good yeah. okay. Salvation bad. Army. Goodwill whatever. Either way for me, it was <laughs> where can I get the tax deduction? If I drop it off, I don't get paid for it, but then I make the money back and I don't sit outside for eight hours of my day on a Saturday I don't know. I think it's just the type of person. Like, I'm probably in your lane where, like, to me, it's just not worth going through my house, setting it outside, and then dealing with strangers. I would just rather go through my house, toss it in my car, and, like, give it to someone I know needs it. Well, that would be the avenue we'd try if they know and did it. But to be honest, if you could put it out and give clothes, I mean, because they would come and buy. I knew what they were doing with it, and all good. If they're able to clothe their whole neighborhood. Great. And right. we would give them. I mean, it was like, just just get it out of okay. my house at that point. I'm going to I'm going to stop my fight on this for this one reason. And you're going to laugh at me when I say this, but it has to be a thing enough. So it's made a progressive commercial starring Baker Mayfield and his wife yeah. where they're out in front of the first energy stadium in Cleveland. And it's kind of a joke, but he's out there and they've got like those plastic tables set yeah. up. And he's like, no, honey, you've got to put the stuff in the front. The high item stuff goes up front. That's what draws people in. <laughs> and then he's got like one of his lineman's shoulder pads that he must have stolen. And he's trying to sell them. And the guy comes up and he goes, hey, how much are these my shoulder pads? And he's like, sure, make me an offer. No, <laughs> no they could be. be. Make <laughs> me an offer. So clearly they're trying to draw a generation that's younger than mine into the fanaticism of the yard sale because that's a great commercial and. Well, see, there's a couple things. Like I said, for us, I knew it was going to a good spot and it was way cheaper right? for them to buy it. Well, and it saves you a trip to like take it anywhere. Well, and the other thing, too, then it turns into a game. It's like, well, I wonder how much we can get rid of today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it turns into a game and then like the kids would get into it. And it's like they would. And that would be the other thing. We would take it and put it out. And if they wanted to put their stuff out, we'd end up giving them all the money anyway. So. Right. I, I get it from the buyer side, like the shopper. I mean, we take a commission, but right, <laughs> right, and it's your tax. distribution fee. Uh, and, and tax. Daddy gets fifteen percent off the top. <laughs> but like, I get it from the shopper standpoint. Like, you've got to go somewhere to get it anyways. At like gently used or used stuff, so it doesn't matter if you pull into somebody's driveway or go to the Salvation Army or wherever consignment shop or wherever you go. I just can't understand as the seller why to devote the time. That's what I'm having a trouble rationalizing. And like I said, it just we threw it out there, and like I said, it turns into a game. And like I said, the kids will get the money. My favorite, and sometimes it's just the people that come up. Now, it's it's good time. So you want to change the <laughs> dynamic? Have like a Bloody Mary stand out there, or something like that, or have Jello shots, mm-hmm. or something like. Now you got a whole different group of people that are showing up. Yeah, spiked lemonade. The, but, but do you want the group of people that like needs a spice? Well, if you're selling the Bloody Marys, the I mean, maybe they have a couple Bloody Marys and then they're buying stuff that they don't need. Yeah, I had a guy negotiate. That was free for the audience, by the way. <laughs> he uh, he was negotiating 
on a fan. I said, it's five bucks, man. I said, he goes, well, if it doesn't work, can I bring it back? I said, I'm going to plug it in right now. You can see it works. And then after that, it's yours. <laughs> said, There's no bring backs. No, this, we don't do refunds. There's yeah. no store credit. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a restocking fee. Yeah, it's there's 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you got to do. But okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. I guess I've learned something, but I, I don't want to be a downer on it because I know that there are plenty. I just can't, for me, I can't see investing the time to sell it. That's all. So I know I was very vocal about that. I don't know why that really struck a nerve. But <laughs> why is it always going to be about money, man? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. All right. So now we've got, uh, we'll move on to something. We'll move on to, that was the lighthearted good part of the whole show. Right. That struck a real strong debate on if yard sales are worth your time. It's headed downhill. So we'll pause to let anybody that wants to drop off the the podcast right now step aside and, and we'll get into the other stuff. And okay. All right. So now the bad, I guess that one's me. And so this week, I don't really have a title for it because I just called What You Got Up There. But as late as the end of September, at the Impal Airport in India, a gentleman named Mohammed Sharif out of Kerala. I'm really trying my hardest to pronounce these right. (laughs) They have a great bar there, by the way. (laughs) The nightlife is fantastic. (laughs) So he was arrested for apparently trying to smuggle nearly a kilogram of gold to New Delhi. The Central Industrial Security Force told the IndiaTimes.com that Sharif attracted their attention because of the way he was walking. When he was examined... <laughs> <laughs> <Marty> a pant. <laughs> when he was examined, officials found more than 900 grams of gold paste worth, rough, worth roughly 56 grand in his rectum. Cases, Damn near that killed make him. You walk. <laughs> Cases such as this are reportedly very common in the area. And the CISF, short for the Central Industrial Security Force, always watches for people in profiles to see those that are unable to walk properly or displaying a rather large amount of discomfort on their face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So I just want to throw it out. In this day and age, there just has to be a better way. Like, tell me that this can't be the preferred method. Yeah, Bitcoin. But also that it's like, it's to such an extreme that it's like him, him, (laughs) easily him, a thousand percent him. Absolutely. We don't even have to check. (laughs) Uh, You see the gentleman that looks like he's riding a horse over there. Like, yeah. Can you go talk to him? (laughs) Right. Curry. (laughs) It was curry. (laughs) Right. Like if he's requesting like a standing seat only, not like (laughs) to sit down. He's like, it's on a bus and hold another the handle hanging down on the airplane. Uncomfortable. <laughs> Can't sit. <laughs> <laughs> if I sit down, it'll cost me fifty-six grand. <laughs> oh my god! That just <laughs> absolutely no, absolutely no. I, I just I've never understood like uh, and like, like this. It's for fifty-six grand, and I'm not downplaying. That's a fair amount of money. But is that so much that like you're going to resort to those discretionary means to like ship it? Listen, um, I've known people that would do that for a lot less than 15000 so sure, yeah. I can I mean, see it. The fact that they're on the lookout for it, it's like, oh, there's this one shipment's coming through. Right. Like, 
I'm sure they can probably like probably have a good guess on how much is going to be in there before they even start. Yeah. Oh, he's real uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that one's that one's over a hundred thousand. He's right. got two bars. They have like a constant over under game in the back room. Like, oh, Gary won this round. Oh, that would so be. <laughs> There'd be like a pool, like a right. Yeah. <laughs> well, this guy is a little bit bigger than the average one. I bet this one's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Who's up? Who's up first? He looks real uncomfortable. <laughs> But I mean, it literally said, like, looking for people that are walking funny or showing significant discomfort on their face. I got to watch out then because I'm always uncomfortable at the airport. I'm like, God, I hate this place. And like, what are the faces that they're seeing? And how do you fake smile your way through that to not get caught? (laughs) I just, the fact that they don't even have to, like, check someone. It's like, no, him. Like, they have all the signs. We know exactly what face to look for. They said, look for the guy that looks like he has batteries in his shoe. That's the one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and you know, I mean, I know this probably happens way more places than India. And maybe sometimes the like, when you read an article from another country and they're like explaining something and, and English is fairly easily spoken over there. But like, as they're explaining it, the like nuances of what you say out loud and what you put into print sometimes aren't the same. And like... We seriously look for the discomfort on people's faces. Like, we know that they're in that much pain when they're carrying. Right. Like, you're not just nervous, you're uncomfortably nervous. Right. They don't go for sweaty palms. They don't go for like forehead sweat. They go for the guy that looks like, you know, he sat on a broomstick and that's the guy that they're talking to. So, you got to do a a little pre work. You always walk in and just look uncomfortable. You know, have, like I said, I had a guy that I used to work with. Yeah, cry wolf a few times. Yeah, and then he's like, oh no, that guy's fine. He's been in here a few times. Basically, yeah, and he's got like a $2 million stash walking by. Right. Gotcha. He's got a bum leg, so he's always walking weird. Yeah. But then when he gets past security and he goes to run, it like shows up yeah. evidently. Oh, he's just got a gangster limp. He's all right. <laughs> That's how he rolls. Yeah. Oh. That's how we do. So. And anyways, so Mr. Sharif, I sorry for calling you out like that, but I, I hope, <laughs> hope you find another profession when yes. whenever it is you get out of jail. Smuggling's not your thing. Right. <laughs> oh. Maybe try a different avenue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that could be try, try robbing a, uh, a clothing yeah. store. Yeah, the distribution <laughs> method. Yeah, the transportation method's a lot more feasible. <laughs> okay, well. We should probably move on from that one. All right. <laughs> Brandon. All right. I got the got what- that's whatever. I got the whatever story today. So we have a fake teen doctor, also known as Dr. Love, arrested again. Now, so, is it Dr. Love for a reason? Yeah, well, no. But yes, it is Dr. Love, and I was hoping for a different reason, but his name is Love Robinson, so he got named Dr. Love. <laughs> He's been busted once. So his first name is Love. No, his... Oh, hyphenated last name. Uh, I don't even know how to you read that and tell me what it is. It looks like mariachi, uh, but Malachi Love Robinson. Okay, that's not the way I would have gone with that first name. <laughs> He's got a lot going on in that name. Yeah. So he was arrested. He was arrested once for, I guess, working at a shipping place, and he got people to send money to his personal bank account. Instead I think the, I heard about that when he first did it. Yeah. He's like a master con artist and has been since like eight. <laughs> yeah, like this was when he was 18. So he's got a good body of work here. So he had like $10,000 sent to his personal bank account instead of the company's bank account, which I don't know how he does that. But anyway, he pulled it off. 
then he got arrested for that, and then he pleaded and said uh, he didn't want to go to jail and he'd make it right and send the money back. He went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a good con artist, but not convincing when he's been caught. Right. Yes, so, so he went to jail. And then his next thing was at the age of 18, he pretended to be a doctor and said he had several degrees including an MD, and the patients didn't realize he was only 18. So he must have looked like LeBron James. Right. <laughs> so he was 18 and looked like he was 45. Oh, my gosh. And he was accused of stealing $35,000 of elderly patients, mm -hmm. and, he, and authorities charged him with illegally operating a medical practice. His office included a lab coat, a stethoscope, and that was pretty much it, and people went for it. <laughs> That's all you need is a lab coat. So, okay, so two two comments. Have you ever seen the movie Catch Me If You Can? Yes. With Tom Hanks and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. It's almost that exact story where he is a con artist, mm -hmm. and he winds up going from profession to profession pretending he's something that he's not, but he pretended to be a doctor and actually ran the hospital in the evening. And that's a true story because it's uh, Frank... I can't remember his last name, but... In the Ab end, Ab Abernathy. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Albatross, but that's not it. He actually, <laughs> he, after he got caught finally and arrested, he was hired by the FBI because he was creating the things that they were spending all the time and money trying to figure out how to stop. Mm. Yeah. He was so good at forgery and like taking checks and taking the print off of them and putting his own things on there. Like he was cashing checks. Like he was, a, he, he fake flew for Pan Am airlines. Oh wow. He was a fake doctor. He was cashing checks on Pan Am's check template <laughs> to himself, like as a paycheck. Yeah. Oh and wow. He, yeah. He came up with the scam. Like if you ever noticed deposit slips are not out, mm -hmm. you're behind the counter. Yeah. Cause he took and put his own bank account as a depositing account. Oh. So when people go deposit, it had the, his account on it, and they would <laughs> deposit into his account. I mean, the guy, I actually he was a keynote speaker somewhere at a cyber, cyber security Boy. fraud thing, and he was going through all the stuff. I'm like, and it came down to where it's like, because he thinks that way, that it's just, oh, yeah, you wouldn't do this. I'm like, why would you even go there? Like, what, what <laughs> yeah. makes your mind any, but like you said, it's just. Because that's the way it, their mind works. Like, it's like, hey, why wouldn't I try it? And he operated that thing for 21 months. <laughs> How did you go in and not... Well, I've had a couple doctors. I'm like, are you sure you're a doctor? Right. <laughs> Check that certificate. Yeah, let me guess. I need so to... did he have, like, a doctor's office? Like, Yeah, building? it said he had, a, he had, like, a full office and the whole works and made it... I'm like, how did 18 did you pull off getting an, an office? I mean, I've tried to get a lease before. It's very hard. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> they look for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and probably people like that are, I mean, that's why they wind up getting jobs with the FBI. The FBI is like at some point like, we'll go ahead and waive all these charges if you work for us. Yeah. Well, I guess the con and con man stands for confidence. So right? <laughs> you walk in and you're confident. I guess you can pull a lot. Yeah. To... I do think it's funny, though. He gets everything by being overly persuasive, but then he can't get off his own jail sentence. Like, I mean, his aspiration was to, but still got jail time. Yes. Hey. Just know there's one thing I've learned about every crime thing get out early. <laughs> Don't stay because you're going to get caught. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe yeah. the first time you were lucky, after that, it's on you. That's pretty funny, huh? So Malachi, he, he's a good one. 
Yeah, I mean, but it's just curious. Like, if you go into the doctor's office, he comes up, and let's just say you're coming in with whatever. I'm not a doctor, but what are you going to tell someone that says, ah, you know, I, I got this weird thing, and what's he tell them? Like, <laughs> I mean, if it's a cold, it's easy, because I've heard it a million times. Right. Oh, you just need to get plenty of rest, drink fluids, right. and stay off your feet. Take a Tylenol if you need it. $50, please. Well, you know, and, and I'm guessing, how long ago was this? Was this recent? Mm, I want to say it was well, good, maybe. I mean, maybe he's just a big... Has WebMD is his like number one <laughs> website just diagnoses it <laughs> off of that. Yeah, he he just has a tablet that he pretends he's taking medical records on. Oh, that would be. Uh... And WebMD, we do uh, expect a sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some weird things on WebMD too where I'm like, uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. Well, you know, <laughs> I think that right. I can't go, and it's not that I can't. If I have something that like, but like, if you have like this weird. Like, I have this weird pain that I've, I've never had. And you go on there, you'll come away convinced you have something. Yes, they call it a hypochondriac. Yeah, but I, I know, that's why I don't go on. <laughs> then don't watch the, the show Monster Inside of Me. You'll never be okay. <laughs> yeah, no. Probably not. <laughs> it's all um, about parasites. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the... By the way. <laughs> you mentioned the age thing, the LeBron James thing. And uh, I don't know if you remember, he was a basketball player, Greg Oden. Yes. Center... But he was like a number one pick. This is like several years ago, but like within the last 15 years or so. And he, as a college player, looked like he was like a 50 year old man. Like, and I'm saying like the facial features yeah. and nothing wrong with it. Like he wasn't, but he got into the NBA and he was, I saw an interview with him one time and he was talking about like his interaction with the players. And he's like, what's the, somebody asked him, like, what's the strangest thing as a rookie that they asked you? And one of the players asked him what it was like to fight in World War II. That <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he looked pretty old. And he didn't last long because his knees gave out like three years into the league and he was He done. was 50, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like Benjamin Button. <laughs> Except he started at 45 and just aged up. <laughs> <laughs> right, he just lost half of his life. So hopefully he's still doing well with bad knees. So, well, I mean, all that fighting in World War II. <laughs> yeah, I mean, jumping in the knot of the foxholes has got to be hard. <laughs> hard on the knees. <laughs> oh, good. Any last thoughts or comments before we check out on this week? No, I think we very well covered it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we drove some of those into the ground, so we yes. should be good. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for all of our audience for joining us today. We'll be back again next week with uh, another exciting episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Whatever. <laughs>